Welcome to The Perfect Storm, a bi-weekly podcast for business executives and cybersecurity professionals. Industry veterans Michael Markulek and Matthew Webster chat with guests about the latest cyber news, threats, and trends, and how all of it impacts their businesses. Harbor Technology Group is a cybersecurity consulting firm that offers advisory services to the SMB. Harbor believes by taking a proactive rather than reactive approach to cybersecurity, business leaders can develop a cybersecurity program that will address external requirements, exceed client expectations, and ultimately take their organization to the next level. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Perfect Storm. Uh, thanks for joining me. And uh, Lee Salt, who's joined me from Corvid Cyber Defense, where he's the general manager of, uh, of uh, Corvid Cyber Defense. Happy New Year to everyone. And Lee, Happy New Year to you. How's it going, man? Going well. Happy New Year to uh, you, the audience. Uh, it's going quite well. Looking forward to a conversation. Great, great. So I've asked Lee to come in. Well, Tell us a little bit about Corvid, um, but also talk a little bit about cloud. Uh, quite honestly, Lee is my go-to source when I um, have questions about cloud, specifically security in the cloud, but uh, but all things cloud really. So, Lee, uh, as I've always said, thank you uh, a ton for for the support over the over the last year or so. Um, really appreciate it. So, tell us a little bit about Corvid. Sure. Uh, so at Corvid, um, you know, really what we try to do is, is help our customers get to the ne- next level with cybersecurity. Uh, we have we, we like to start out with a good conversation, understand what a customer's business needs are and help them deploy the cyber defenses they need to, you know, sometimes it's meeting compliance. Uh, sometimes it's just rote security where there's no compliance requirements at all. They just want to be in a better place, a, a safer place. And, uh, you know, once we get engaged and once we have those, um, those technologies in place, we have a 24-hour security operations center that's staffed by, um, staffed by everyone in our, in our SOC is in the U.S. Our veteran preferred organization. And we understand that on the other side of, of those cyber defenses is a thinking adversary. So, you know, being veteran preferred, we select people that understand uh, what it is to, to face an adversary. And we do proactive threat hunts. Um, we are constantly, constantly keeping up to, or trying to keep up to speed, or stay up to speed with the latest tactics, techniques, and procedures of those adversaries, and advising our customers um, in that regard. Cool. So, in lay terms, a managed security service provider, right? That is correct. Right, and basically providing, um, if we're using industry buzzwords, keep me straight here. You provide some XDR solutions, etc., for. Uh, uh, all things cyber to really try to be a turnkey for for your clients, which we have mutual clients for our clients um, to uh, make sure that they're 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 checking all the compliance boxes, but maybe even more importantly, being secure. And of course, being a security knob myself, uh, definitely more in, uh, important to be more secure. Uh, so, from a cloud perspective, let's. let's kick off the new year with a, a good conversation about cloud, help the audience understand a little bit more about what it means to move to the cloud, what the challenges are, what people need to be aware of, et cetera. Can you, can you just give me a little bit of an overview of, of how you 
try to discuss the, the, the cloud and describe the cloud to, well, maybe your family members or clients that are maybe trying to move there, people that are uh, really not familiar and just have this ethereal view of what the cloud really is. Sure. Um, and the first thing that I would say is, is it's it's not a terribly obscure thing. It, it's not rocket science, but it's also not the way that we've done things for the past 15 or 20 years. Uh, it's it's and, you know, we live in the information age. It's just another transformational technology. If we go back to the BlackBerry, you know, the original device that has the uh, the keyboard on it or, or, and so on. You know, that was a, a device and, the, and the, big, the big component there was it allowed you to check your email uh, from, your, from your phone, right? It didn't fundamentally change the way that email, email worked or anything, but you could, it changed your workflow and your experience um, in the way that, that individuals used email. And then that technology was disrupted by Steve Jobs and the iPhone. Uh, and that's kind of where we're at with, with cloud. You know, cloud would be, dis or, uh, would be transformational in the way that either uh, the BlackBerry or the iPhone was into the way, or it is transforma transformational in the way that we, that we use and deploy and create IT infrastructure. You know, there's a lot of concepts that are not dissimilar, like directory services. You know, we have to keep track of user accounts. We have to be able to keep track of uh, devices or assets, technical assets that we have. And um, the big difference with cloud is, is if you know what you're doing and you do it the right way, you can do it programmatically or automatically. You know, the, the idea being that you can do more with, with less people because it's automated. It's not always the case and is definitely not the case when you're trans transitioning from an on-premise solution and into the cloud. Uh, but that's, that's kind of the idea. Right, right. So, I mean, I think people also have this misconception, and we were going to talk a little bit about misconceptions, that moving to the cloud is A, uh, well, I guess there's two sides of this misconception. It's turnkey and you just basically move to the cloud. Or B, it's so hard that I'm afraid to do it. Uh, and I think the reality is somewhere in between. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about how that transformation works. Uh, like getting, getting from on-premise or kind of hybrid on-premise, a little bit of cloud to really moving the entire environment to the cloud. Sure, there's a couple of ways, and, and those those questions or challenges are the same things that we faced when we were deploying on-prem exchange servers 15 years ago. It's I don't know, that's too hard. I don't have anybody inside that knows how to manage an exchange server. You know, maybe I should just continue to use Yahoo Mail for my business, etc. We still have some of the same thing. You know, instead of Yahoo Mail, it's Gmail, um, and instead of it being you know Google Suites, it's just your general your uh, or workspace or whatever it's called now. Um, it's just your, your personal accounts. Right. Um, same exact, you know, paradigm. It's the same exact formula, you know, um, you know, except for, for now, instead of going from no technical infrastructure, oftentimes we're seeing these small and medium sized businesses with existing on-premise infrastructure migrating into the cloud. And that happens in a couple of ways, in my experience. Uh, the first way is you'll start to have these third-party apps. You know, maybe you're using, you, uh, oh, what's the, what's the uh, tax app? The QuickBooks Online. Right. Uh, maybe you're using Zoom, which is also a cloud-based third-party application. Maybe you, you've migrated away from Exchange because you didn't want to pay for those licenses. And now you're on, you're on Google Suites, which is e easier to manage. Uh, but now that you don't have Active Directory, your, your system, it's almost like a BYOB or BYOD uh, environment where... <laughs> Your, your devices are not connected to those usernames. This is where the, that confusion starts. 
So the first thing is, it, the first way is it kind of creeps in with all the use of these third-party apps that just seem easier, right? You click a button and it's done. Right. Uh, the second way is kind of an intentful move to the cloud. So instead of it being third-party apps, folks start to migrate their core infrastructure. You know, they're, they're the important parts of their business or their, their revenue model, if you will, like the, the, the elements of their business that make them money, um, they migrate those. And that part happens one of two ways. It's, it's a lift and shift where you say, hey, I've got this one server that does this one thing. I'm going to make it an EC2 instance or I'm gonna have a virtual server in the cloud that does exactly the same thing. By the way, that's not the right thing to do most of the time. Um, and the other way the, the other way that people do it so that they just kind of mirror that or they'll go in uh, full force and they'll hire some DevOps and some DevSecOps people, they'll hire two or three of them. And um, this they'll spend six months or 18 months, um, you know, doing it the right way. Right, right. So you bring up a good, a good point. So there's just, you know, utilizing third-party apps like QuickBooks, bane of my existence. Um, uh, I, you know, on-prem today versus moving into the cloud or um, what else do you, well, you, you talked about email services and, and, and storage services. Uh, we all are familiar with, um, with Gmail for the most part. If, if, if you haven't started using Gmail, you're way behind the time. So maybe pause this podcast and, and uh, go and look at something about uh, Gmail. But uh, point being is that 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 third party services, most of the third party providers are trying to move people to the cloud. So whether you feel like you want to be in the cloud or not, you're, you're you're the QuickBooks of the world, the the Microsofts of the world, the Googles of the world really want you to be in the cloud because it's more cost effective for them. They've got a better margin on not providing you having to worry about what software you've downloaded. It's easy for them to patch, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's also easier to scale and, and uh, from a development standpoint, uh, roll out new features and functionality in, in, in their third-party apps. That's really straightforward, right? That's, that's I, I have Exchange today, to your point. I have on-premise on email. I have an IT guy that manages that server. I've decided I'm going to go to, to G Suite uh, or Google Workplace or whatever the hell they call it now, um, but move to that. And that's a that's a pretty straightforward shift. I mean, you've got to move mailboxes over, et cetera, but it's just, you know, sign up for the service. Infrastructure of a service or moving more of your core uh, kind of traditional IT and infrastructure to the cloud is a little bit more difficult, right? It's a little bit more, th there needs to be a little bit more thought. And you kind of touched on something where you could just simply say, okay, I have a Windows server in a closet in my office that you know runs um, directory services, runs some um, file services, et cetera, I just wanna move that to the cloud. That's not really the right approach. It's really, if you're gonna make that leap to move infrastructure there, you need to, you need to take a diligent approach to it, right? 100%. Right. So let's just say in this world, we've, we've started to move things to the cloud. You and I both uh, care dearly about security. What happens next? How do we secure all that stuff? Yeah, it, it actually goes back. Um, it, it goes back to kind of the, the basic way that Amazon views this or, or any I, I use Amazon. I'm the most familiar with AWS, but uh, pretty much all the cloud providers globally work the same way. And they have this concept uh, called a shared security model. And, you know, think about it this way, you know, you, you, you do a lift and shift, you, you recreate the same on-premise environment that you, and you just, you replicate that in the cloud with your virtual servers and everything else. 
when you buy that Windows server and you install it, do you expect Microsoft or Dell to own the security of that system? No, we don't, right? right? Right. And it's exactly the same thing in AWS. They're not configuring it. They're not responsible for things that, that they don't configure and so on. You know, it's shared security. They are responsible for the physical security of their data center and one or two other small elements of that. Now, they're responsible for some of the security of their global services. But for the EC2 instances, for the code that we write, for the other things that we deploy into their environment, we're responsible for making sure it's done correctly, effectively, efficiently, and securely. Right, right. So shared meaning they might protect the, the data center itself, if you want to think about it in the physical world. They protect the data center itself. And at some level, the, the devices that sit within that, that, that cloud environment but the services, the apps, the everything you put on it, um, you need to take uh, responsibility for that. Now, that being said, they all also offer their own security that you can layer on top so that the shared model can be a combination of, um, of uh, Amazon or, or Microsoft's or Google's security of the infrastructure. And then you layer on your security, either from a third party or bringing it in from the AWSs of the world, right? Exactly. You know, uh, kind of a, a simple example I use there is there's a there's this concept of or, or there's this there's this product that Amazon has called S3. It's effectively a it's a shared a, a, a shared file server that you can expose to the internet. You know, some folks are like, hey, why don't they you know why don't they just secure that for me? Well. Let's say we have an S3 stood up for an event. So we go to a concert and we want to share pictures with everybody that attended the concert. Then there shouldn't be any security on that. There shouldn't be any authentication. Anybody can download anything they want to. We might even want people to be able to upload specific types of files, JPEGs or whatever other types of photos so that we, we can share all that. Amazon has no way of knowing what we need to do with that service. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to con configure it. And, and, you know, from a security guy, I might call that an insecure configuration, but the reality is, is the security meets the business, the business purpose. And in that case, the only security I'd have put in place is limiting uploads to just image files. Right. Uh, you know, go ahead. Uh, I was going to, I was going to add it, it. It's an important note that just because you're going, and it, this is a funny, it's a slippery slope when I, I talk to clients about this. Amazon and Microsoft and Google and others um, do a really spectacular job of securing what they're responsible for securing. I mean, if you consider that how big of a target they, they all represent, it's kind of amazing how well they've done. Um, it's not to say it's perfect, but it's, it's, it's better than, you know, company X or company Y or company Z can do on their own, for sure. Um, I think there's this misconception that that, that, that security is kind of what we've been talking about, layered on top of what I'm building in the cloud. And everybody needs to be very, very aware of, you have to apply your own security, call it policy or rules or concept uh, to what you're trying to secure. So to you using your example, although I agree with you that you shouldn't really ever have anything truly exposed to the internet, but setting that aside, if the business model is we want to be able to, you know, uh, download and upload photographs from this concert, um, that's your decision. If you decide you want to secure it, you need to think about how you would go about that security. And that's, the, that's the fundamental of the shared model, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's, I don't want to get into the opinions of who does what better, 
I mean, I think there's, there's, there's some benefits that each of them have over the others. Um, I don't know if you're in the business of making recommendations on cloud providers. I know you're an Amazon, an AWS fan because you've spent a lot of time in that world. Um, is it because it's the biggest provider? Uh, tell us a little bit about your thoughts on those words without, without becoming a, uh, an advocate sure. for one versus the other. And, and, and I'm not an advocate for one versus the other. Okay, cool, cool. You know, um, I, I'm a big fan. Of, I say it all the time that, that, that tech and cybersecurity, it's a people problem, less, less than it is a technology problem. And in fact, I, I don't think there is, or like we've been saying, it's just the same formula repeated with slightly different technology. We're, we're facing the same problems that we were facing, you know, 15 or 20 years ago. And I think, uh, in, in my experience, while Amazon was growing in the regions of the world that I was living at the time, they did a better job of making it a people problem. Uh, they were actively coming out and 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 um, you know bringing their senior executives out to talk to us uh, and help us help us learn because I was not a cloud believer in cloud. I, you know, I'm an old school security guy, and it was it was like pulling eye teeth to get me to migrate anything into AWS or, or GCP right. uh, or, or anything else. And through lots of conversations, um, they changed my mind, and that that was it. Is um, you know, I, I have worked closely with uh, with with Azure GCP. I've, I've worked very closely uh, with AWS. GCP, GCP being Google, right? Uh, Google, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I've I've met great people at uh, at all of those organizations, but it boils down to I just I simply got the best customer service from Amazon. Right. Uh, and that's why I still have continued relationships with that organization. Is that it survived a, a move, a twelve thousand mile move overseas. Uh, th those relationships did so that, that's it it's, it's just a people thing it's right. you know, it's, it's a who you know thing that's it well so the the it brings up the next part of this whole cloud migration and cloudifying your environment uh is what does it cost like how does the billing work it can be it can be super confusing um on how things you know we're you know, let's say you want a firewall, you just go out and in traditional IT security or network security, you go out and you buy a firewall and maybe even you buy a soft firewall or a, um, a non-appliance based firewall for your infrastructure. Uh, but you kind of got your arms around it, kind of the, your old school uh, security mentality. In the cloud, it, I mean, there's all sorts of things you can do. And then the billing becomes an interesting situation, let's say. The first thing that I'll say is if you do the traditional lift and shift where you take all of your on-premise servers and you mirror them one, one for one with virtual servers in the cloud, it's going to be more expensive. Um, and the, the other fundamental thing is in the cloud, it becomes more of a monthly billing thing or an operational expense versus a CapEx. I mean, you're just not buying those servers up front and trying to amortize their cost over three years or five years or 10 years. Right. Uh, so like the, the billing model, the, the, the cost model, the billing model, and ultimately your revenue model uh, have to change to, to, to work, work through that. Um, I think, uh, I, I guess, was there another follow-up question there? Before well, I, I, I think, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sure. I, I think um, that's a, that's a place where a lot of folks struggle is, is they think, or uh, there, there's a couple of assumptions there. It's, Hey, if, if I move it into the cloud, it's going to be secure. So the, the decision-making process is just, I want somebody else to handle the security and I'll, I'll pay a little bit more for that. Or they see everybody else doing it, so they feel like they have to, but there's not really a lot of enough research done. And in some cases, the business don't really, businesses don't really understand their, their operational model or their revenue model. 
so when they migrate to the cloud, it really causes a lot of disruption. It just needs to be intentful one step at a time. And I like to use the baby step example because, you know, it's not difficult to have a, a, you know, a hybrid solution where some of your stuff is in the cloud and some of your stuff is still on premise. Basically sticking your, your toe, your foot, your leg in the water before you, you dive in. Right. Without knowing how deep it is kind of thing. Exactly. Uh, so, and that it's an important note. So the, 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 the promise of the cloud is, you know, you take some of this responsibility, it becomes a people problem from a, both an IT and a security perspective. Um, it's no longer a, a, a systems type problem. Um, and you can scale your business very quickly. So that's, that's the beauty of it. So you don't have to say, you know what, we're going to add 10,000 users to our application in 2022. So we need to go buy five servers to support that effort. You can scale it as, as those users come on board within the cloud versus doing it on-prem where you may have to, you know, suck up those costs or eat those costs at the, at the, at the onset until those users come on board. I think that's the big promise of the cloud, right? There's more scalability. And if you, you know, God forbid you hit a, a road bump and you start to lose users, you can spin down services just as easily and, and save the money, right? Yep. And and if you do it right, most of that's done automatically. Um, right. Yep. I, I think I think a, a good a good point to make here is you know when you're talking about firewalls or the networking or any of those things, mm-hmm. there's a concept in um, in cloud called global services where these things are just built into the platform. I mean, you might have to pay pay more for some of the global services. But they're built in, so it's not necessarily like I have to go buy a firewall and a server and I have to get rack space and all of these other things, right? There's a lot of this things like firewalls or, or having having control over the flow of traffic in your environment. Um, there, there's they're just a global service. It's it's just something that's included that you can configure at will, um, and that's a hugely important concept. There's there's no real other vendors you have to deal with there. That's just a function of infrastructure as a service. They allow you to control that. Which is, which is a really powerful concept. You don't have to take 30 phone calls to find the right firewall vendor. You, it's just kind of built into, and, and the, I mean, there's still something to be said about, you know, firewall A versus firewall B from different providers, but, uh, you know, Google, Microsoft, uh, Amazon, both have really solid security products. Um, so in fact, I'm, I've been, uh, lack of a better term, very impressed on how A, their products work, how they scale, how they're priced. They're, they're, they're not inexpensive, but they can be uh, cost effective in, in your use cases, right? So you have to understand what you're trying to do. But all of those things are very, very true with, with the cloud services. Um, but you have, to be, you have to be diligent about it. You have to think about it. You can't just say, uh, like you've said, just lift it and shift it because it will cost you more money. And it'll be more heartache, uh, yep. ultimately. And, you know, more time and more money, that's, that's a losing equation for businesses, for sure. For yeah. sure. I think uh, kind, of the, kind of the shining example is, is you know, at a, a company as that previously, we had, um, we operated in seven, six or seven different uh, AWS regions. And everything, we, we defined our entire infrastructure as code, so to say. And we redeploy it constantly. We have a very robust, what's called continuous integration, continuous development pipeline, where we can make pushes or changes to our entire infrastructure very quickly. Um, you know, AWS, just like other data centers or anybody else, you know, there, some of their data centers will go offline if there's a typhoon, whatever it happens to be, right? Like, a, a, like, a, like disasters happen. 
And I think for us, or previously as that security provider, we, we never went offline because we were spread out across multiple regions. And it was, it's easy for us. It literally takes between 15 and 20 minutes to redeploy our entire architecture uh, anywhere, right? So imagine doing that. Imagine taking all of those servers out of one data center, those physical on-premise servers out of a data center and moving them from Ohio to say Los Angeles, right? How long is that gonna take? If you can do this in the cloud and you do it correctly and you define your infrastructure as code, it's, it's half an hour. It's a half an hour. And by the way, I mean, there's a way to prevent that, the time lag in the physical, like the traditional world, but it's super expensive because you've got this, this hot standby, you know, uh, BCP, you know, uh, data center, DR facility, and that's super expensive to maintain. I've worked with a, a bank, a global bank that um, we did a lot of work at their DR facility. And it was, it was big enough to house like 1500 employees. Um, including the data center. I mean, that's, and when we would go there, there would be the security guy and like one ops person. So it was wildly expensive. In the cloud, it changes everything. It also, in the world we live in today with the pandemic and people working from home, the cloud has, has afforded a significant advantage there as well. And I, you know, when we, I was just reading an article in the Times this morning or whatever, but, uh, about how work from home and what the what the future holds. And really I'm thinking to myself, because I knew we were talking about cloud today, I'm not sure most of it's possible or we're not having the same conversation if, if uh, organizations haven't moved to the cloud. It just, that flexibility wouldn't exist without it. Yep, 100%. I mean, right. I, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to and provided advice to, you know, whether in a professional capacity or, or just a phone call or even, you know, over a beer, it's just like, Hey, how do I do this? I have this problem working from home, so on and so forth. You know, it's, uh, it's a disruptive technology, like a cell phone was. So, you know, before cell, before the internet, everybody had to consume content via a, a newspaper or, or whatever, right? Uh, the, the, the process of creating content was difficult. Then the internet came along. And it was a way easier. It, a lot of people could create content. Now we have cell phones. Anybody can create content. Anywhere. Anywhere, right? Yeah. And it's the same thing with cloud, right? Like you don't have to, and you don't have to have a specific data center in a specific place where you were sending stuff. Anybody, you can you can do it on your phone. And in fact, I had I had redeployed that infrastructure multiple times from my phone while on the back of a taxi. Which is insane. Of, which is insane, right? Right. You're basically your office becomes where you're sitting doing your work. Right. It, it, it can be anywhere. Now, pros and cons there. But yes. yeah, yeah, I mean, there's there's a wild amount of security problems with all of this, of course. But uh, but the, the 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 promise, the potential is there, which is which is fantastic for for the global economy and, and the well-being of, of all of us. Um, what final thing was I going to add? Shoot, I lost my my train of thought. Um, so this 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 moving to the cloud. Um, the, the, the challenges of, I was going to add, it makes us sound a little bit like shills for the cloud world. We just, I, I wouldn't say that that's the case. I don't, I, I, you know, every organization needs to look at it and take a diligent approach. And it's not a jump in, you know, jump out of the boat and jump into the water uh, kind of uh, approach to this. But eventually this is something that every every company, big or small, is going to have to address and, 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 and deal with. Um, because they, they, it's going to get more and more expensive on the kind of traditional side of things. Um, a perfect example, and this is what I was thinking about. If you're a startup company, 
it's so much easier to start up a company now than it was. I mean, we have a couple of mutual clients that are, um, they have no uh, office, but there's no traditional infrastructure. Everything is in the cloud. All their yep. users, um, all their services. And these are companies that are trying to do some pretty, uh, pretty amazing things. And um, everything that they, everything that they do is in the cloud. It's, it really is, the potential is, is pretty, uh, pretty striking, but you have to be smart about it, right? Exactly right. Yeah. Well, um, good conversation about the cloud. Um, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a major topic and we could go down any rat hole um, to talk in depth technically about what needs to happen. Um, to summarize, I would say, and, and keep me straight here, investigate the cloud for sure. Yeah. Um, there's, there's the two sides of it, as you described, there's kind of the third party app side, you know, moving QuickBooks to the cloud, uh, moving your email services to the cloud, moving your, you know, directory services to the cloud. Uh, and then there's the infrastructure side. I should have put directory services in that, uh, the infrastructure side, like directory services, like firewalls, like remote access, like your applications, um, all of that. So those, those two sides kind of at the at the top end obviously there's there's some nuanced differences uh all throughout that as is the case with all technology but once you once you start looking at it that way you need to take a a diligent uh thoughtful uh tack to to uh addressing how you're going to move x or y or z um and then of course layer on security and be conscious of the billing models right so the, the shared security as you move things over, but then being conscious of, of what it's going to cost to move this server or this service. Uh, is it going to cost more? Is it going to take more to manage it, et cetera, right? Each, each, uh, each of those elements of cloud technology are going to have an impact on your business model. So mm -hmm. in, in my opinion, uh, it's much more important to, to a, a lot of people get to take their business model for granted once, once they're generating recurring or regular revenue, right? You don't really have to examine it and that, that, that makes it possible for, for you to be disrupted. But when you're migrating to the cloud, um, you have to go back and look at that. See if you can draw your business model out on paper in some way. It's not going to be perfect, um, but that'll help you communicate with others as to, you know, if we migrate to QuickBooks online, all of a sudden, all of a sudden they don't have to be in the office to do something or maybe it's right. cheaper or whatever it happens to be. It's going to have some impact on your business model. And uh, I think that's what you have to understand before you pull the trigger on anything is, is what is that impact going to be? And is it really what you want for your business? That's right. And when you figure out how to do it the right way, it's very healthy for your business. Right. Perfect. Well, thanks, Lee. Um, as, we, as we finish every one of these podcasts, and I might be putting you on the spot here. We didn't talk about it in that five minutes we took before we started recording. Um, we always ask, being Harbor Technology Group, we always ask all of our um, our uh, guests to give us a, a favorite spot they like to go on the water, uh, like a harbor or a beach or an island, um, and maybe a, a place to, to grab a beer or a sandwich uh, at that location. Oh, man. Uh, I've traveled <laughs> a lot. Oh, right. Uh, oh, that's true. That's true. I've lived in a lot of places. You know, um, there's a couple of places that come to mind. Uh, there's a, like, a, I don't know if you've ever been to Vancouver. Uh, but I, I got to spend some time in Vancouver and I don't know what the name of the, the, the nice little tap house is there. Uh, but you can, you can grab a, a beer and sit right there on, on a deck and watch the planes come in and land. And, you know, the, the types of, uh, vessels that they have 
coming in and out of uh, the harbor there. It's, it's quite nice. Yeah. Well, Vancouver happens to be one of the prettiest cities in North America, if not the prettiest major city in North America. Yeah. I, th I think, um, you know, I've, I've also been to Okinawa and uh, uh, <laughs> had the luxury of staying at the Ritz Carlton over there. So <laughs> if I can ever go back and you can just see forever. Uh, it, it's, it's, it was, that was one of the best experiences in my life where you Amazing. can everything and obviously every the food the, the 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 drinks were all fantastic there that's great that's perfect so um vancouver and okinawa where we haven't done it yet but on our on our website where we list these podcasts of course they're available on spotify etc but um we're going to put up a map and put pins in the map of all the harbors that everybody's or places everybody's recommended um so i think uh okinawa will be the first um, yeah it's a great spot yeah yeah that's cool. Well, thanks again. And again, happy new year. Uh, appreciate your time and your partnership, of course. Yes, sir. Thank you, Matt. And, uh, and happy new year again to you as well. Thanks. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. We would also like to thank Tom Marshall for the original music. Yes, that Tom Marshall from Fish fame. Harbor's portfolio of services is designed to meet the cybersecurity needs of small and medium enterprises. We offer a range of services from cyber risk advisory to VCSO consulting to meet specific security requirements without putting a strain on your technology budget. If you like what you heard here, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues. We release new podcasts every other week and are available on Spotify and Apple. You can reach us through our website if you have additional questions or suggest a great harbor we should mention on our next show.